Section two of Mark Twain's Autobiography. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by John Greenman. Early Years in Florida, Missouri. Written in 1877. I was born the 30th of November, 1835, in the almost invisible village of Florida, Monroe County, Missouri. I suppose Florida had less than three hundred inhabitants. It had two streets, each a couple of hundred yards long, the rest of the avenues mere lanes, with rail fences and cornfields on either side. Both the streets and the lanes were paved with the same material, tough black mud, in wet times, deep dust, in dry. Most of the homes were of logs, all of them, indeed, except three or four. These latter were frame ones. There were none of brick and none of stone. There was a log church with a puncheon floor and slab benches. A puncheon floor is made of logs whose upper surfaces have been chipped flat with the adze. The cracks between the logs were not filled. There was no carpet Consequently, if you dropped anything smaller than a peach, it was likely to go through. The church was perched upon short sections of logs, which elevated it two or three feet above the ground. Hogs slept under there, and whenever the dogs got after them during services, the minister had to wait till the disturbance was over. In winter there was always a refreshing breeze up through the puncheon floor. In summer there were fleas enough for all. A slab bench is made of the outside cut of a saw log with the bark side down. It is supported on four sticks driven into auger holes at the ends. It has no back and no cushions. The church was twilighted with yellow tallow candles in tin sconces hung against the walls. Weekdays the church was a schoolhouse. There were two stores in the village. My uncle, John A. Quarles, was proprietor of one of them. It was a very small establishment, with a few rolls of bit calicoes on half a dozen shelves a few barrels of salt mackerel, coffee, and New Orleans sugar behind the counter, stacks of brooms, shovels, axes, hoes, rakes, and such things here and there, a lot of cheap hats, bonnets, and tinware strung on strings and suspended from the walls, and at the other end of the room was another counter with bags of shot on it, a cheese or two, and a keg of powder. In front of it a row of nail kegs and a few pigs of lead, and behind it a barrel or two of Norland's molasses and native corn whiskey on tap. If a boy bought five or ten cents worth of anything, he was entitled to half a handful of sugar from the barrel. If a woman bought a few yards of calico, 
she was entitled to a spool of thread in addition to the usual gratis trimmings if a man bought a trifle he was at liberty to draw and swallow as big a drink of whiskey as he wanted everything was cheap apples peaches sweet potatoes irish potatoes and corn ten cents a bushel chickens ten cents apiece butter six cents a pound eggs three cents a dozen coffee and sugar five cents a pound whiskey ten cents a gallon i do not know how prices are out there in interior missouri now but i know what they are here in hartford connecticut to wit apples three dollars a bushel peaches five dollars irish potatoes choice bermudas five dollars chickens a dollar to a dollar and a half apiece according to weight butter forty-five to sixty cents a pound eggs fifty to sixty cents a dozen coffee forty-five cents a pound native whiskey four or five dollars a gallon i believe but i can only be certain concerning the sort which i use myself which is scotch and costs ten dollars a gallon when you take two gallons more when you take less thirty to forty years ago out yonder in missouri the ordinary cigar cost thirty cents a hundred but most people did not try to afford them since smoking a pipe cost nothing in that tobacco-growing country connecticut is also given up to tobacco-raising today yet we pay ten dollars a hundred for connecticut cigars and fifteen to twenty-five dollars a hundred for the imported article at first my father owned slaves but by and by he sold them and hired others by the year from the farmers for a girl of fifteen he paid twelve dollars a year and gave her two linsey woolsey frocks and a pair of stodgy shoes cost a modification of nothing for a negro woman of twenty-five as general house servant he paid twenty-five dollars a year and gave her shoes and the aforementioned linsey woolsey frocks for a strong negro woman of forty as cook washer etc he paid forty dollars a year and the customary two suits of clothes and for an able-bodied man he paid from seventy-five to a hundred dollars a year and gave him two suits of jeans and two pairs of stodgy shoes an outfit that cost about three dollars but times have changed we pay our german nursemaid a hundred and fifty-five dollars a year irish housemaid a hundred and fifty dollars irish laundress a hundred and fifty dollars negro woman a cook two hundred and forty dollars young negro man to wait on door and table three hundred and sixty dollars irish coachman 
$600 a year, with gas, hot and cold water, and dwelling consisting of parlor, kitchen, and two bedrooms connected with the stable, free. Note, these prices of 1877 are as interesting today as those of forty years earlier. End of section two. Early years in Florida, Missouri, written in 1877.